Hello, movie lovers, and today we're actually going to be reviewing our Game of Thrones House of the Dragons spoiler review for episode 7. I have my good friend Nick here with me, of course, and, I've, and I also have Mr. Midnight himself. We're excited to be here. We're excited to be able to talk about this House of the Dragon, and uh, let's go ahead. Here we are, once again, doing House of the Dragon, Episode 7. So, anyways, I'm going to go in here and give a little bit of a plot points on this episode. And that is the fact that this this episode is actually called Driftmark. King Viserys and his court attend Lady Lainata's, uh funeral in Driftmark. Rhaenyra and Daemon reunite on the physical intimate, and intimate as it is. Uh, Princess Aemon claims Vhagar uh, as his dragon, leading to an altercation with his cousins, which is really putting it lightly, enough use in which Lassery slashes um, Eamon's eye. That's one way to lose an eye. But anyways, that's going to be the plot points for tonight's episode, and this is what we're going to be talking about. And here's the thing that I really liked about this episode is because of the fact that we actually get to see a funeral, Not and the reason why I like it is because we get to see other cultures and other people on how they actually do their funerals and how they celebrate the fact that, you know, trying to deal with the loss of someone that they care about and love. You know what I mean? Because we've seen it with other cultures, other religions and stuff like that within the Game of Thrones universe. And I like the fact that they winded up doing this for this episode and just showing us a little bit of the culture background of it. And then, of course, you wind up seeing this darkness that's laid up over the castle, laid over the grounds. And this is like the calm before the storm kind of settle of this darkness and over this whole entire surround, uh, surroundings. So yeah. what did you guys think of the uh, of this episode? That that's something that I definitely resonated with and like picked up right away. It was like obviously the the weather over the top of the scene is causing you know some real foreshadowing to be you know cast over them. Like obviously some dark shit's happening. You know we just mm-hmm. lost a princess. Like the family's tattered right now, and I don't know. I just thought it was a really good way of kind of displaying that. And it got a lot of flack online. And I'm like, that didn't really deserve that. I thought it was a nice, you know, creative way to shoot the scene, doing it in like, you know, the early morning. Yeah. I, um, what stood out to me, like John said, uh, definitely the funeral. Yeah. When I was watching it, I actually was thinking that maybe this was something that the Greyjoys do. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the exact same, but, you know, maybe slightly different because they are all tied to the sea. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. Think about that. That's good. You know, that's what I was like, man, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, you know, and and so I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that's a lot of bodies that were under there Mm -hmm. because that you can see in the background too. Yeah, yeah. Um, And like, I like what you said. I didn't, I myself didn't notice. Well, I noticed it was dark, but it didn't really, I was so focused on like what was going on as far as the characters amongst the funeral. I didn't notice how the sky really looked. Mm -hmm. And you're right um the clouds were dark and then did you notice how later on in the episode i think the lighting just got darker yeah you know and so i was reading they, they did that on purpose mm. um, they kind of cast that like one the full day has gone through kind of and like you know it's all happening basically in in an evening into an early morning for sure game and stuff with with renera and you know, that whole side of the story so i think they were trying to kind of cast like a not only a dark light on the scene, but also mm. literally show you that physically this event has been going on now for a little while. They take their funeral proceedings very seriously, mm. unless you're Aegon Targaryen, in which case you just get 
Yeah. <laughs> extremely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly becoming my favorite character. <laughs> what did you think of um, Damon laughing in that moment? That I I was a little shocked by. Mm. I, you know, obviously very on par for his character, but I don't know. I thought, you know, maybe although they had their issues, like um, maybe she was like his wife that he actually liked, you know? And I respect. Yeah. Um, um, and it wouldn't have tainted his character at all if he did that, but. Because you notice, like, even when that was said, um, when he started laughing, uh, you could see the look on Corliss's face and the brother's face. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, you know, we might have to deal with this guy or, or something, you know. Um, hey, 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 John. Hey, had a little bit of computer difficulties and everything, but I think I managed to get the Knicks out of this. So, uh, well, so no, I'm still here. Ha! <laughs> Are you also from New York? <laughs> no. Bulls, baby. There you go. <laughs> Our year starts now. Although if right. we did tank and got Victor, I'd be very happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but yeah, what were you uh, guys talking about before I had to leave, make my leave real quick? So we were just talking about uh, the Damon laugh mm -hmm. at the funeral. And, you know, we both making points that, like, you know, felt like he maybe didn't need to do that, but still obviously on on par with his character. Um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be used against him and Renera when the Valerians join um, Allison, I think. I can see that because of the simple fact is, you know, he's – He's going to do what uh, Damon's going to do, like they said at the very beginning of this episode. Damon's out for Damon. He doesn't care about anybody else but him. Yeah. But although he always had a thing for Rhaenyra, though, but also, too, you know, I feel like he does care about her in that kind of way and stuff like that. But it's also the timing of it was really bad because yeah. of the fact he laughed. And then, of course, you wind up seeing that one scene where he's basically just making love to her as uh, Rhaenyra. And now you're going to have that whole entire thing shaken now because of what's going on. So you're going to have basically the child who ended, ended up stabbing the other child in the in the eye. And then you're going to have this piled on top of it. So it's like, okay, well, we went from having bastards now to having an affair to this. So something tells me because the jump in time is going to be, I think, another 10 years for, for this next episode. Um Maybe a little less. It might be, might be fewer. But I think the marriage might have been rushed in the episode, but everybody might have already known about it, or like we won't get to see like what happens from that, other than like hearsay after the fact. Because so it's going to be so much later. It's supposed to be another jump in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So now I'm just wondering. Um... How many? What is this, is the show is going to run around like four seasons or something? Or because like how are we going to carry out the story over this? This is supposed to be the last jump. Okay. Yeah. Because so like really what they were setting up is basically Rhaegar, the dragon, happened to get a new owner, so mm -hmm. they kind of like phased it out, right? Like you get Rhaenyra being named the heir instead of Aegon. You have the Rhaegar part.
part of the series. And now we're getting to, you know, the real meat and bones of it, of the civil war between House of Valerian and Targaryen. Mm. Okay. And it also makes sense, though, too, because the next episode is called The Lords of Tides, which is also dealing with basically the uh, Corliss's crew and things like that, yeah. too. And, of course, the other brother who says he didn't want to be a captain or you anything like that or be the – yeah. So that's going to be, I think this is going to be him showing that he just doesn't care and he's just doing it because of the fact that it's part of his heritage versus it doing something willing for, uh, willingly. So that's what I'm getting out of that whole setup for the time yeah. jump. But as far as this episode goes and everything, I was really pissed off at Allison the whole entire time. Because, yeah, and Olivia Cook, let me just tell you this Olivia Cook's a fantastic actress, though, mm-hmm. for me to make her. Feel this kind of way for somebody i'm like girl you need you're, you're doing a lot of damage right now and mm-hmm. we don't need to be doing this but sari's almost dying yeah. and then you're stressing him out right. and all the poor guy wants to do like i said build his lego set and everything and here you are you're destroying <laughs> everything that he wants to do he, if he dies who's going to do the opening scene for uh, for house of the dragon that's all i gotta say mm-hmm. but i have an answer for that ardman stop motion wallace and gromit They'll do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Real out of left field kind of thing here. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like this, you know, I really feel bad that um Damon lost his wife. And then of course, you know, it's just the timing, like we mentioned before, of the whole fact that you lost your wife and now here you are with your cousin and well, with your niece, and you're shaking boots with her. And now, you know, then you also have that other Right. And mm-hmm. then we have Hightower back again. And now yeah. he's whispering stuff in, um, you know, basically in Olivia Cook's, Cook's ear. And so, and of course, you know, it's about survival. It's about who's going to be on the throne. It's about, okay, if we go ahead and our family dies, they're going to exonate us. So we need to go ahead and exonate them before they exonate yeah. uh, that. You know, it's about that. So the auto decision for me was an interesting one. I thought, like, Obviously, for the show's purposes, it makes sense because it definitely makes for more drama. But, like, wouldn't a logical king not just go back to the last guy that screwed him over because the most recent guy just died? Like, I know Allison was probably, like, putting it in his ear. But, I don't know. He he overcame him once. Why why would you go back to him, you know? Yeah. Have an abusive relationship back then. I just feel like Viserys is like very too, is too nice of a king, and also too very. And I even said this whenever I had Abby on too. I said he's very, very gullible, and too. Forgiving. And yes, yeah. And I like how lovable he is. You know, I like the fact that we actually have a good king for once. I'm glad that we actually have someone that's questioning his own motives and yeah. things like that. Am I a good dude or am I not a good dude? And stuff like that. So I definitely like that within uh, within his character. And then, you know, then he's siding with Renera over, of course, you know, Alicent, which is totally understandable because that's his daughter. Renera's his daughter, mm-hmm. and she's the rightful heir to the throne. And, you know, I like how basically one of the kids winds up stealing the dragon. And then, you know... Then he has like that snarky attitude was like, well, I lost an eye, but I gained a dragon. I'm like, yeah. dude, you need to yeah, go. I, I, I really, yeah. Not just any dragon. Rhaegar. Uh, right. Yeah. Which is the biggest dragon in the world. And 
is fabled in Game of Thrones, uh, the original series. That's right. Yeah, hmm. definitely gonna be some some cool wild stuff happening with Rhaegar pretty soon. Is he bigger than Balerion? Uh, no. I think okay. he's the biggest one in existence right now in, in their universe, and Valerian was the biggest of it just ever. Okay. Uh, I was going to say about Viserys, like, I think he's... He's not a bad king. I do think he's a good... I think I do think he's a good king as far as um, trying to maintain peace. Mm-hmm. But his biggest downfall is being able to make the hard decisions. Um, and... I personally, after what Otto did, yeah, I'm, obviously I'm going to be pretty pissed off about what I'm being told, but you were spying on my daughter. I'm going to keep you away as far as possible. So mm-hmm. what I noticed that, because um, I watched the opening scene twice now, and I noticed that he had the hand on his chest. I wasn't sure. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking at the moment. I wasn't thinking to myself, um, well, is he with Viserys now, or was he with um, Corliss? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Corliss isn't king, but I was just wondering how he got the hand back so quick. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like he's. Um, I never really like Otto. I never liked Otto, so I just I just don't trust him. So I don't know see, why Viserys trusts him right now either. See, at first I trusted Otto at at first because of the fact that it was about survival and it was about trying to look out for Alicent, which is something I understand. And then, of course, you know, you wind up falling into the trap of being on Alicent's side at the very first couple of episodes. And then once you start seeing her development change after Otto puts that in her head, because that was never her first intentions at all. He's the one who put that in her head. Mm -hmm. So now it's where she's filled up with all this stuff that Otto's telling her. So it's like, okay, well, now I got to prepare my children before Rhaenyra's children goes ahead and kills my children. And so therefore we have to try and basically survive. But Rhaenyra, on the other hand, that's not even even crossing her mind. It's about trying to build the relationship with their families and try to unite them to where they're not on each other's nerves or anything like that either. So Rhaenyra's just trying to help help the situation and things like that it's allison's side of the family that after Otto talking to her it's like well okay well that's the case i'm gonna go on here and get her before she gets me so i have to prepare my kids whenever they're born and we actually see that especially when uh joey jerk off is uh jerking off on on the on the on that poor room that uh joffrey winds up killing himself on the poor room's been through enough now here he is dropping loads on everybody blood Ooh, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and let's just say it's not a good day to be a bird. No, Either it's no. going to be the bird or it's going to be him, so it might as well be him. <laughs> so anyways, we have Joey Jerkoff doing that stuff. And then, you know, then the basically Allison slapping up beside the head, hey, what the heck you're doing? You're the heir to the throne. I'm trying to prepare you for war. While Rhaenyra's over here doing whatever she's doing with her bastard children, you're acting like an imbecile. Mm-hmm. Doing the teenage stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, getting yourself into trouble. I'm trying to prepare you in case of anything happens with Renera. So I understand her frustration, but you know it's just a motherly love kind of situation where she's trying to help guide them, and they're doing adolescent stuff, and these are teenagers, so of course they're going to act stupid. Yeah, I think that was a preview for um, one of the future Avatar movies. 
apparently one of the subtitles is the seed bearer. So um, <laughs> I think he was getting us ready for that. The seed bearer. <laughs> 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 crazy. It's a crazy title, right? I know. Um, <laughs> but like, I just feel as though um, the kids, all of them, they're, they're crazy in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Like, but I completely understand why um, Jaceris and Lucera stood up for their cousins. Like the other two, yeah, they're dicks mm-hmm. for no reason at all. Um, and I think it's really just their, I mean, not only with Ellison in their ear, but there's like this arrogance to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, where does that come from? Because Lucera's isn't that. Unless Otto has been having a hand in raising them in a certain way, I don't know. So part of the Targaryen lore is that every generation has a good and a bad, basically. So Mm -hmm. I think we're kind of starting to see that play out where Rhaenyra is the good Targaryen of this batch. Uh, Aegon is obviously mischievous. We don't know fully yet if he's good or bad, but probably bad. And then Aemon, who took over Rhaegar, I think he's about to be a real problem. Yeah. And it refers to the coin flip, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know, uh, here's the thing, too. I'm thinking, too, with Allison having that stuff in her head with Otto, she has to drill that into their head. So, therefore, that's why it's that hate that's there. Because hate is taught. It's not something you're born with. Mm-hmm. So, that's something that I'm thinking, though, too. And, you know, I also like how the... Um, I don't mean to call them the bastard children, but... I like how the children. Uh, that's what they are. <laughs> right. Everybody well, knows. I like how life. the kid doesn't know what to say to the other cousin. And he's just there. And sometimes it's just best at a funeral of not yeah. saying anything and comforting somebody, knowing that, that, they're, that they're there. And that's what I figured that he was doing. Yeah. He doesn't know what to say. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to be here in the moment. Well, and, he's hurting too um, right. after losing his father. It's real father. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking of real fathers, um, well, or surrogate fathers, what's up with the, the whole Lenor thing at the end? Okay. So what I'm thinking is this, okay? It's like, you know, I know you're not happy being with me or anything like that. And I know you're miserable doing what in your... Here's the thing. He's not there for the kids. Clearly, he's not there for the kids. Otherwise... They wouldn't have been getting into a tussle or anything like that at the towards the end of the show. Right. So therefore, he always comes in whenever there's a lot of drama. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was off banging this other dude." Uh, and I, so what did I miss? So you know, basically, she's basically saying this: "Look, man, I'm, this is just not working out the way that we wanted to work out. We had an agreement; it's not working out. Look, what we're gonna do is we're gonna stage your death, so you can be happy and do whatever you want to do." And I'm going to go off, marry my cousin, because it's in the laws of the Targaryen. And I can bang my cousin, but I can't bang anybody else. So I might as well go on ahead and do this. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't read that lawful book. I always did the faking of the death. You know, go, for one, I mean, they know that his boyfriend that he's seeing at the time is a swashbuckler in the true sense, not in Lenor's sense. And... So he could obviously best him, mm-hmm. pay him off handsomely, fake the death. All of a sudden, they've got money. They've got their out. 
they can go off together and see the world or fuck off and do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah. Bruno? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but you know... What I have to say, though, is this. I definitely like how they did this scene, though. It kind of reminds me of, like, a Mafia type of hit. Mm-hmm. What they yeah. did. It's very Michael Corleone at the funeral kind of thing, where basically you have this one setup where basically Damon's taking out somebody for the queen, and he's telling her, hey, look, in order for you to be a queen, you have to be feared. In order for you to be feared, you got to do step one, step two, and step three. So he goes on ahead. He, takes, he talks to one of the people on the streets. He winds up uh, getting beef with the other person, and guess what? He takes out that person. Mm-hmm. Then next thing you know, it he take he's moving these chess pieces in the right way, in the right direction to show how it's supposed to be maneuvered. And that's one of the things that I really liked about Damon, though. He's he's someone of the people. He's out there in the streets. He knows how to survive out on the streets, and he also knows how to survive in the kingdom as well. So he's got street smarts, and he's got book smarts at, at the same time. So basically, what better way to do this to get someone that you don't even know? to try and whack somebody. And of course, him being somebody on the streets, he can easily talk and persuade people into doing what he wants them to do. Exactly. But I definitely like how it was staged up for that. I definitely like the fight between uh, Lanar, I think that's what you said his name was? Lanar, yeah. Yeah, Lanar. I definitely like that scene. And then of course, you know, at first I thought you know, little douchebag on the beach, the one that stole the dragon, I thought that he was watching Rhaenyra get on with the uncle, but clearly it was just after the dragon for a minute because it looked like it was, he, that's what he was doing. Yeah. I'm like, well, is he... Why were you so messed up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I just feel bad that these kids are in this situation. And... They're putting, here's the thing, Allison's putting them in the middle of adult problems mm-hmm. and not facing them and trying to kind of have control of the situation. She's has all this stuff filled in with what Otto had said to the point where it's blinding her own judgment. Yeah. So one thing I just thought of on that, actually, I think it might be more relevant with Aegon because she's trying to slap sense into him. Whereas with Aemon... I think all the teasing and bullying from his older brother and Mm. his cousins has kind of maybe created this monster, um, which is why he was like, you know, screw you guys. I can get a dragon. Like, I'm going to go get the biggest dragon that we have and make it mine. And he did that all because they teased him with the pig with wings. Mm -hmm. So it's all understandable. I can understand the motivation behind that because that would actually piss me off as a kid. And then making fun of me, and then like, okay, well, you know what? Since they think that I'm the weakest person, I know what I'm gonna do is, uh, it's like knocking out the biggest person in the jail cell and yep. to make her so the way, you know, you're not a victim. So therefore, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go and hand get the biggest dragon you can find. It's like, oh yeah, well, you're gonna mess with me. Guess what? Now I got a dragon. Now what are you gonna do? I mean, so, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the absolute truth. I just feel like um, with the story and a background like that that we're getting set up for Amon. Uh, he is definitely going to be someone to, he's going to be someone to be feared for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. I could even see him going as far as maybe a Ramsey Bolton. 
Ooh. Just off the way that they really treated him now, he's got this big dragon. Anybody who crosses him, oh, we'll just pull a Daenerys. Zarkatis. No problem. Just just takes them out every single time. So it- yeah, I just think that he's um he's gonna be on the blood spree, and I think Aegon is gonna probably be the one to try to refocus him because I think that's what Allison is really trying to get him to do is focus and with her focusing so much on him instead of Aemon, eventually Aegon's going to have to get to a point and think in his mind, well, uh, my brother's acting crazy. Like, what am I going to do? Or how can I help? Maybe he becomes a turncoat at some point. I don't know. Yeah, kills him um, all, dude. Yeah, you know, so. Our part of um, something that Joffrey says, and John, we, we talked about this in the last episode. Right. Um, Joffrey in the original Game of Thrones, when he's giving, um, oh my gosh, I always forget her name. Sansa. Sansa, thank you. Um, or no, no, it was later. It was, um, oh, okay, no, Mar- Marjorie, yeah, 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 thank you. Um, when he's given her a tour of, of mm-hmm. Castle, he's like in the torture room going over some of the Targaryen history in there, and he's like, Oh, these are the ashes of uh, Reyna Targaryen, she was killed by Rhaegar, um, when her brother like turned on her, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know something like that's going to happen. So I'm curious if he's going to turn Rhaegar on the rest of the family too and kind of just go full-blown like mad Targaryen and, you know, really just dive into the whole manic, obsessive kind of, you know, tyrant. That wouldn't make sense though, because here's the thing. I'm thinking that Corel's uh, people is going to die. Mm-hmm. That's there, I was. I was actually thinking about this whenever I was watching this episode. You don't really ho- realize how small that family actually is until they actually present it to us. Mm-hmm. Because you know, basically, they, he thinks that his son's dead. So therefore, you can actually say that now the family's gotten smaller. Then you also have the daughter that killed herself. So basically, that family is dying off to the point where they're like they're the weakest link. Mm-hmm. So. They can't even go to war anymore if they wanted to. Now, at the very beginning of the season, they were very strong. They were still will. They had everything that they wanted because, remember, it's like, look, we got gold. We got ships. We have all this stuff. And now it's like we have the small family now. Mm-hmm. And now they, it's like they don't even know where to go. And even his own wife is questioning Coralel's, um own motive. So, too, it's like you've been after this crown since a decade now. Mm-hmm. I decided to give it up a long time ago, but you're still chasing it. So that's another thing too. It's they're so small that they can't even do anything. So basically they need the Tigarians. They need yeah. them. But which ones? That is the question. Right. I they're gonna have to suck it up, man. I think they might have to side with Damon. I don't so, know. Yeah, I know weighing the one. options, right? Mm-hmm. Damon came to their rescue. Beat the uh, the triarchy. Yep. Kill the uh, crab feeder. Yeah. Would not have done that without him. All the resources were tied up with that. Other side of the coin, though, Renera kind of, you know, represents some negativity in their life. Mm-hmm. Damon swooped in and took her after their son was murdered. Um, you know, that would definitely be a big slap in the face kind of worse than you know someone yeah. taking someone else's dragon yeah right it was so you know hey, a lot of i mean you've even uh, got the whole thing with uh 
them beating on the cousins. Yeah. Like Bela and was it Bela and Layla, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that whole squabble. So mm-hmm. or maybe they just go completely neutral. Let's just go Switzerland on them. Like, yeah, we're staying out of this. Yeah, I hope so. But I mean we saw we saw the one holding hands um with uh the oldest bastard. Oh uh Jaceris, yeah. Yeah, which I I mean obviously that's you know relevant to both of them hurting, but it could be a sign that maybe there's some more fellowship there between them than the other I, family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that they're going to wind up getting together, to be honest with you, to strength, strengthen the houses. Yeah, it'd be hot. <laughs> hot and heavy <laughs> on that ship. You know, he's the master of the seas. Look, man. <laughs> I love the dragon. I love the fire, the swords. Get us some water. So the incest is why I watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you got to be thirsty. <laughs> <Drink water. laughs> but Deer Park for Lannisters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anybody who would start the series now and then watch Game of Thrones after? Oh man! Oh, geez. what? Oh. Even and dipping our toe with House Not even cl- exactly. You know how I thought <laughs> that the kid that stole the dragon was spying on Damon and Renera. I was like, you know, and I was thinking that he was actually going over there to scoop out them doing it. And I started thinking about uh, the Lannisters. I said, you know what? If that was Jamie, he would have killed them right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, Maybe he'd be a three-eyed raven. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that I'm glad that they didn't do it in that kind of way because it's like, okay, it becomes like too campy to the point where it'll take me out of it if they did it like that. So I'm glad he was like on another part of the island and then you have this other stuff going on on the other side. So I'm glad it's like, oh, guess who I found out on the beach, mom? Who? I saw my uncle and I saw my aunt getting their groove on on the beach, shaking boots. What? You're, you're kidding me. I'm going to go tell your uncle Otto now. Then, uh, then Uncle Otto becomes Gossip Girl. Then he winds up telling his friends, and then that person tells their friends. And guess what? Now you actually have this war going down inside the whole entire area that we had at the end of the show. So I'm glad they didn't do it in that kind of way. I'm glad that, that the kid had his own separate story from that. Otherwise, I think it would have actually took me out of that part. Yeah. What do you think? You know, um... I like all of that, how you put that all together. Um, I guess they invented the game of telephone, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's um, I do like that because you're right. It would be camp because we've seen it done before so many times. Like, oh, yeah, we've seen, you know, you just have to be in the same area at the same time that this is going on. Okay, like, I mean, it's like that scene in Endgame, right? There's no way. I understand why they did the whole A-team shot. I got that. But there's no way they were all in the same vicinity at the same time in that exact moment, you know? So sometimes I do think like they should take those liberties as, all right, well, let's split the scene up. Like we'll have one thing going on over here, another thing going on over here. So I do like how they didn't connect. And um, I also am curious to your point from earlier when you said, how are they going to, are they going to explore that at some point with the next 10 year jump and how that, no, are we going to see flashbacks? Do we know of any of that information? Or, no. Yeah, no. See with this last one. So. Mm, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
maybe we'll get some further down the line at some point because we do have the one girl. Um, I forgot her name. She was playing with the spider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I liked how the brother was like, really? So this is going to be my queen? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, well, at least we have something in common. We both like long legs. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, Targaryen. What a magic. Oh, he's having. (laughs) Listen. See, but I, I wonder if she's being set up to be maybe maybe not a three-eyed raven, but in a way, some sort of oracle still. Um, cause, or maybe a witch of sorts. I don't know, because she's yeah. very into... Bugs. She's very unique, we'll put it that way. Yeah. We're getting into poisons next. Mm. Yeah. That would be interesting. I, w- yeah. I would like to see some revenge on that. It's like, okay, so you think of me as like the weakest link. Okay, but well, I'm going to take you out and whack you. So I definitely like that. Political pawn. Like, no, no. But see, I feel like, and I was thinking this earlier, this entire franchise is very much like watching maybe a, um, like a strategy game come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the scene with Laris in the background. For He just gives me spider vibes. Yeah. Not so much like a Varys type of spider but more like a little finger type of spider. I have no trust in this guy at all. So, well, yeah. I mean, we are the guy alive. alive. Exactly. So, I, it's just like, how are all these other pieces going to fit in this overall puzzle that we're getting? I wonder what he's going to do next in this next 10 years. I'm going to touch on a point on that. Okay. Sorry, go, go on ahead, Nick, and I'll make my point in a minute. Oh, yeah, so I was in, he, he's literally the mob boss right now. Like mm-hmm. He's the head of his family. <laughs> He's got his own underground assassin gang. Like, a lot of the Astros doesn't really stand a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I'm thinking with Otto, he's basically strategy. Mm-hmm. So you have him working that part out, and then you have a ball bag on, on the ship uh, whacking people. So I'm thinking that if she wants something done and want to prove a point, She'll go to him if she needs to if she needs some something taken care of. And mm-hmm. and I like how sneaky he is though. He just gets under my skin like little finger. And yeah. he has a little smirkiness to him that's worse than little finger. But you can yeah. definitely see where he's going with it though, with the chess pieces pieces yeah. though. He's coaching her and telling her, look, in order for us to take this person down, we have to take this other person down. And then yeah. you have Otto's doing a political thing with her and said, look. Just stick in with it a little bit more, and then I'll come on ahead and I'll come on and help you. Yeah. So interesting with that scene, though. Allison, when he offered her his services again at the funeral, she was like, "No, like I'm hesitant on this." So like, there might still be a shred of good in her, but then I think the eye cutting just tossed that out the window. Right, and let's talk about that. Let's talk about this that scene because we talked about everything else. So I think that yeah. this should be the key element right now with this. So I definitely like how they the, basically all the kids winded up beating the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so and then I'm glad that the other kid got tired of the other kid and threw the dirt in his eye and then winds up cutting his eye open, losing an eye. Mm-hmm. So 
I definitely like how he's now able to fight and try and take care of himself and not try and take any crap off that douchebag anymore. Yeah. And then they get dragged into the into the whole entire thing with the with Viserys, and then we also see Rhaenyra and the rest of the families. I'm wondering what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like how they do this, and then of course, you know, you have that whole entire thing with Allison and goes well. He took my kid's eye, so guess what? We need to go right ahead, and I need to take his eye. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I was like, you need to sit your butt down somewhere. I'm like, I lie. when she was holding the knife to Renera's eye, I was hoping it would do it. Like, See, don't get me wrong, it would suck for Renera and for Allison's character. It would stoop her even further than I think the cut did, but. Part of me was just like, let's see that eye come out. (laughs) (laughs) See, I just thought of several things as you said that. Um, One, uh, clearly we have an ancestor of Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man. He actually threw some dirt in the kid's eye. Um, So so you have that. (laughs) Um, And did you guys notice, um, like, I think when they changed the screen in the background for uh, on HBO, the eye of uh, Vagar is actually the knife that was being used, and I was—I thought that was a really cool effect to have there. Uh, yeah. A little cool foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, good catch. And so, just <sighs> Alicent has gone so far mm-hmm. now at this point, um, and it's crazy because all of this seems to stem from when they were kids and how like these adults plan these things in their minds and now they're older and they're having to actually deal with those problems that have molded them into what they are now. And I think that attributes a lot to the writing. I think that's brilliant. Uh, this is clearly one of the best shows on TV, like right now. They, they have Hands down. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is brilliant stuff, honestly, at the end of the day. Like I was telling Nick with the last episode, I didn't find anything nitpicky. About, well, maybe just the drag. One of the some of the dragons feel like a CW network sometimes. Whenever they're riding on the dragons and look like behind a green screen, <laughs> I know that dragons are not real, but I want to feel some type of uh, feel of realistic to where you can actually feel like that you're riding on that dragon with them. you believe they are. I got one on my high school ring, so yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> But, you know, that's the beauty of this show, though, is the fact that, you know, I feel like there's a lot of redeemable stuff that they finally worked out. They actually know what they want to do. And no one, no, none of the other writers are in a rush to do other projects. And that was the biggest downfall yes. with that last season. It's like, oh, we got a Star Wars job now. Mm-hmm. Screwed Game of Thrones. Go over to Star Wars. They don't even get the job. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it was still bad. <laughs> so. But the writing is so good, uh, Josh. I, I mean it. Th- this is actually the best show, like you mentioned, is on TV right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the other part, though, too, I thought for sure that, you know, she Allison was going to stab Renera. I thought for sure she was gone whenever you see the blood dripping mm-hmm. on her. I'm like, oh, crap. Did it, is she dead? Because that, that wound looked like it was cut yeah. deep. Yeah. And everything. Well, that and that was. But, you know, now Renera knows what Allison's up to and what she's trying to do now versus before when she wasn't out in the open 
and she was doing all this whispering and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a whispered among other people. But now, like Renera said, now you now people know who you actually are and what mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Now, now that you've been exposed. Yeah. And then, you know, you have this other scene with um where Viserys is actually trying to call the guards off to not try and kill um not, not try and take the kid's eye. Mm-hmm as well and he's like listen to me you're not going to take that kid's eye or anything like that and do you hear me allison you're not going to do it i'm not going to allow you to do it then she gets uh mr uh shit face the one that uh oh, is still cool. holding yeah still yeah. Uh, still sir, sir christian. christian yeah he's like yeah i'll sir serve my queen guy. i'll go ahead and do it yeah so <laughs> so then of course sir christian gets stopped and he doesn't do a thing and then you know and then then the kids said you know those kids are bastards Mm -hmm. and then viseri just looks at him like the rock he goes what are you talking about Mm -hmm. that they're bastards what do you mean i know that viseri knows (laughs) right but Viserys knows, but he loves them and accepts them for who they are. That's the so, thing about him. Something that I think he could have done in the situation different that would have helped out. I mean, it's obviously hindsight twenty twenty, but when they look over at Allison, right, and then he looks over at his own kids, and he looks at Renera's kids, and he looks at her. Like he even made the, the metaphor in the episode before. Sometimes kids just come out with different colored hair, right? And, you know, I thought that the metaphor was appropriate then. I think he could have applied it to his own family and been like, look at all of my kids. They all just have blonde hair like me, but my wife has black hair or brown hair. Red hair, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't any of them look like her? I mean, and... Really the mother? Yeah. Maybe someone in the the, uh, family bloodline had brown hair at one point. Exactly. So all your genetics. I mean... yeah. Go could, ahead, you make, could you make the argument that um even still, like oh, I mean, it'll be hard to explain that just a bit at the same time though with Renera's kids. Yeah. Just because of well, they don't have the locks, right? And <laughs> they don't have the silver hair either. So it's like, yeah. well, I mean, this is kind of questionable. <laughs> and also too, they're white. So it's like <laughs> right. And see, that's another thing. Um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Oh, we were on multiverse and we were discussing this. And um we were saying they were saying like uh Don and uh Joe, <clears throat> you're saying like at the point the skin didn't really matter. But to me, I was thinking, I'm like, well, if you're really trying to be, you know, accurate. Obviously, these kids do not look mixed at all. No, <laughs> at all. So, so there's your answer right there. They are not his kids. And, you know, I thought about that too, Josh. I'm like, okay, is there no black guards or anything around to where you can sleep with and try to be accurate to the race that you're married to, or is this all you got? What's going on? A great uncle or something that you yeah. can sleep with, Humping, or. Man. <laughs> Damon could actually get someone off the street for you if you needed to. I mean, it's kind of like that uh, Cat Williams skit where he's in jail talking to his wife. <laughs> he's like, that one, that one's <laughs> Or like on Rush Hour 2 with Chris Tucker. Or the one on Rush Hour 2 where Chris Tucker walks into the into the massage parlor and goes, oh yeah, I like that one right there. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I want. Oh yeah, she she gotta come too. My my neck is kind of hurting right there, you know. <laughs> oh, and, and I got a sore back, so yeah, I'm gonna need her. And Jackie Chan's like, well, what about me? So <laughs> <laughs> then that's Damon. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. The marriage thing to me worked because of the fact that, yeah, we have a time jump. But other than that, though, they've been showing us all season that they are going to be together. So this is just settling the factor that they are now together. And now they're mixed up in this whole entire thing now where basically it looks like that she was having an affair, which she was. Because I like how how he comes in there. I like how the father comes in there and he just comes out of nowhere, like, like I mentioned before. But now he wants to play ball. After 10 years of them being married, now the dude comes in and is like, you know what? I'm sorry they raised our kids by themselves while I was off at other whorehouses looking at other men. Um, but I want to raise our kids now in an environment. I want to actually give birth to your kids. Dude, you should have said that after the fourth white person that was born. Not after yeah. the... <laughs> no, so maybe you never the first one. I'm like, all right, we cannot do this again. There needs, we need to at least get three out of the four. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen, though. I'm going to be real with you, man. I thought, like, okay, she's going to sleep with him, and then he's, she's going to gather her pickings of any kind of person that's not in the kingdom, and she's going to shag, shag, and then go back over to the other, her, her old man, and they're going to knock boots, and, you know, they're just going to be knocking boots. So my question is, did the first one happen in a three-way? Because then it's like mistakes were made. The future King Consort. <laughs> you try to. Like, there was nothing. You're a lawyer. Things were not inserted correctly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they, they both got it done, but one of them got it done. Oh, cannot <laughs> copy key. Like, there's a little Valerian in there. It helped. <laughs> a lot more little Valerians had to die in order for. It's like. I'm only a quarter oh of a Valerian. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but the the kid comes out looking like just like he does now, but he's just like a little bit gay. <laughs> and, and now my show is canceled. <laughs> we know it's true born activity. <laughs> This was the reason why we had technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm you just kidding. I'm kidding. In 2022 for being gay. True. It's if you're <laughs> against it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Especially if it's a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you like. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, great episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, some people were like, "Well, I can't see." anything this is also the same director that directed one of the episodes from game of thrones um where it was made scenes way too dark now on my cell phone when i was watching it on my lunch break i'm like yeah this it it was too dark but going onto this onto my you know onto my tv i was able to see everything just fine yeah and so i'm like okay so it's what you're how you have your adjusting to and what you're what you're watching yeah, but you gotta break you know? your television or something like that. Yeah, this is not a show for your TV or your uh, cell phone. You know, this no, is a you gotta sit at home, put it on the big screen, turn off the lights, yes, get some popcorn, wine, and weed, and enjoy the the show. Accessory of that Damon a... getting it. <laughs> That's a great evening. That is a great. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got a front row seat to some. Eddie just has a promo. The show's brought to you by Fresco Labs. <laughs> Make sure you squeeze it before you tease it. I mean. <laughs> oh. Bonk. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wait. so anyway. I got a question. So what you're saying is technically we saw Rhaenyra and Crispin Cole porking before the board even showed up. Exactly. So when the board so bored them or gored them, it led them to go on ahead and start porking. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. There it is. I will there never it is. look at Charlotte's black and white. Ever the same. <laughs> there it is, black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you guys, this has been a blast. I mean, this is I love doing this after show on Wednesdays. It's just a perfect way to actually geek out over our favorite show and stuff like that. I do appreciate Nick taking on his time and also Josh as well. I know that everyone's been busy and everything. So it's just, this is just awesome to be able to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks guys. So with that being said, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be the end of the episode for this, uh, for this review. But I'm going to try and do my She-Hulk review with conversations with dot, 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 uh, podcast, and we're going to be t- doing our She-Hulk review for the last two episodes, and then after that, we're going to do one separate episode by itself, because we've been combining both of all the episodes together and doing it that way. So we're going to have something lined up pretty soon. Tomorrow night, I'm not going to have anything going on. Yes, Josh? Question for you. Um, how, without saying anything or spoiling anything, how have you been feeling about, like, She-Hulk? At I this love point, it. I like it. A lot. I'll yeah. I'll be honest with you. Um, I love the f- first three episodes were great, mm-hmm. and then it gets into the where I'm like lukewarm. You like basically, okay. So here's the thing: I like aspects of certain of the episodes. I'm not hating on She-Hulk and it's a whole entire entirety, but I will say this: I like the wedding stuff. Didn't like the lawyer stuff, and I also didn't like the demon stuff. But I like the dating stuff. In, in in the episode because it feels more realistic in a sense yeah and so it felt more real because like all the marvel shows have had like the exact same recipe and now it's like all right we got one where it's like hey she's a superhero for sure doesn't mm-hmm. know it yet just starting to tap her finger or dip her toes in it but it's like at the same time like we're getting like a decent lawyer show about funny hypothetical situations in the super world right yeah. And I dig, I dig the show and everything. It's just like certain elements does not work for me, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that everybody else is working for it. But as far as the show in its entirety, it's not for me. But as for certain aspects, I like it. Gotcha. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes, <Nick. laughs> watch Lord of the Rings. Not yet. I'm trying to. I have. I have. Wa- Here's the thing. I have too many shows that I'm watching. To the point is like I gotta watch Andor, then I gotta watch this, then I gotta watch this one. I'm like, look, I have ADD. I need Let's to watch. <laughs> but when you watch Lord of the Rings, give it faith. It's a slow ass burn. Like it, it starts off with like a sweet battle scene, and then it's like three episodes of talking. But um, this last episode was wild. 
I will say the latter half of episode three is really what will pull you in. Yes. Yeah. That will definitely pull you in. And this this great wave episode. I'm almost finished watching it, but things are about to get real really quickly. Oh, have you not finished the most recent episode? Not yet. I'm I, I and I can't wait. I'm excited. I've been hearing nothing but great Whoa. things about it. So Let's all I know is I've had so much faith in this show. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love Lord of the Rings. And I know, like, okay, some people say, well, I mean, your first episode should be a bang, right? But I'm like, well, if it starts slow, but then you start to get that buildup over time, and then those punches really start landing, yeah, then you'll just be like, oh, that was genius. Genius. Like, you won't expect that when it really starts to take off, mm. it takes off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, you're going to enjoy the end of that episode so much. Oh, my God. That's what I'm hoping for. But the, another reason why I haven't been watching that much shows is because I'm still doing the wedding stuff. And matter of fact, I'm getting married on, on the 15th. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So on the 15th, I'm getting married. So therefore, it's like, okay, what shows can I watch that I can pay attention to and be able to do reviews on? And so basically I picked out two shows, She-Hulk and this show. And so I'm like, okay, so what I'll do is I'll do one whole show after I'll do all my binging with after this, after uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff is over with, I'll do all my binging there, Mm -hmm. then do one complete whole episode and review on the whole entire show in its entirety, just like Mm -hmm. I do with Cobra Kai. Nice. So so that's what I'm doing with that. And I think that's how I'm going to handle Andor because right now, here's the thing. I remember when Game of Thrones first came out and it became like a headache for me because I have ADD. I'm not joking about that. When I say I have ADD, I do have ADD. So when I'm seeing all these houses, how's the Lannister, the Lannisters, this, this, I'm like, okay, this is too much for me. I need a break. So I took like a four, a whole month, away from Game of Thrones on the first season and bought the DVD. And so I came back to it and I started loving it. Mm. And then I was able to catch up and be like, okay, so now I understand it. I understand where each line works and how it works, how this universe works. With some shows, I feel like it's just too much for me to handle sometimes. We're at a point where I'm supposed to enjoy the show, but I'm actually having anxiety over it. And if I'm having anxiety over it, then I shouldn't be watching it if if it's where I can't focus on something. So yeah. basically I handled two shows at one time. It helps me be able to focus and also do my other movie review shows too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to draw a line somewhere. I can't do it all. So I that's yeah. <laughs> right. I completely understand. Cause now I feel um, I've been caught up. John, as you know, I'm in a play. So I've been doing that work and just trying to find more time to make these videos. It's like so many, so many ways to just promote now that sometimes you feel like you're taking away time from like one thing, putting it to another, then you feel like you're not putting enough time with the other thing. So I get that. Like I haven't been to the theater maybe three or four weeks and it's bothering me. <laughs> I haven't been to the theater since Thor. Really? Yep. I I semi-retired from the theater after Thor and it's not because it put me in a negative space or anything like that. It's just that I needed, I knew that I needed to sacrifice Mm-hmm. Uh, my time and energy into the wedding and planning that. Oh, I understand. So, therefore, I do these little shows. I do little small uh, trivia stuff now. Basically, I did two episodes of the foreshadow. I did one episode of the foreshadowing, and that's just for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's for the departed ep- thing I did. 
And then I did um, trivia and movie facts about Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. And that's just for YouTube. Then okay. I focus I my non-spoiler. Work. What's that? I, the house that I just got is on Elm Street. Oh, that's funny. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beware when but, you sleep, man. <laughs> but going off of everything, though, like, it can get too frustrating. And that's also too, you know, to the point where it's like, okay, I have to do this and this and that. But I do all my PR stuff in the morning times. Mm-hmm. I'll go in and crop out uh, the segments and everything and upload it. And hopefully somebody will download the show or watch the show and do it that way. And then with non-spoiler reviews, I just go on ahead. I watch the movie and then I'll go on ahead and do a spoiler review for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've been balancing everything else. So that way I don't feel like oh, I, I have to go here. I have to go everywhere. And that's how I'm basically found di- uh, balance with everything. Mm-hmm. So it was like, because I was like, okay, I need to find a balance somewhere because I'm wearing myself out because I have this show to do. I, uh, and I'm like, I can't do it all. I'm just one person. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? Other YouTube content creators are doing indoor. Other YouTube content creators are going to do that. So they're going to gravitate towards them. Mm-hmm. So I'll just do what I feel comfortable that I, that I want to do for me, for my show. And that's how I've been doing it. There's nothing wrong with it. You got to make your sacrifices mm-hmm. and whatever your niche is, you just kind of, you pick and choose and you just hammer into it, you hammer into it, people will find it. Like there's so many movies right now <clears throat> that I want to watch. I have some more DVDs that I know I want to get. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got bills, you gotta pay for things, you gotta make sure your, your car works. I mean, sure right. I'm tired of doing these 12 hour shifts, it's pissing me off. <laughs> but like, um, honestly, but it's just like, you know. That's why I have a lot of respect for YouTubers and um, those who really put their time into hammering at these things. Cause it takes, it does take time to develop a following. Like everybody's not going to jump in right away, but all, in, all, you, all you need is that one video maybe, or that one good rant, or maybe that one great episode of guest or whatever it may be for you. That'll just boom, send right. you up there. And that's when everything starts rolling in. So, I mean, it's it's a tough thing, but it's where I do believe it's definitely worth it in the end. You know, Most definitely. I love yeah. what I'm doing. I don't yeah. ever feel like this is work or anything like that. And if I yeah, did, yeah. I would actually stop doing what I'm doing. But I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. I get to talk about uh, Joey Jerkoff doing stuff on, <laughs> on the show and things like that. So, you know, I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing. And by the way, this episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. So you guys can go in and get better. <laughs> but seriously guys i can't wait to do this next week with you and always until next time guys next time be real be have fun and bye-bye